This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas, powered by U-Mobile. Good morning, you're listening to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. Party Socialist Malaysia is the sole party based on ideology, specifically socialism. But ideology doesn't insulate one from cutthroat Malaysian politics. Just last week, PSM was officially informed by Pakatan Harapan that its seat allocation requests for GE15 were rejected, and hence no electoral pact would materialise. That hasn't thwarted PSM's plans to make a stand in the elections. They will be contesting in the parliamentary seat of Rumbau and the Perak state seat of Ayer Kuning in GE15. Can the most principled party in the country make headway with mainstream voters in these elections? We speak to Arvind Katir-Chelvan, Youth Chief of Bermuda Socialists, on the political future of PSM. Arvind, good morning. Welcome to The Breakfast Grill. Morning. Thank you for having me. Now, PSM will be standing in GE15 without the backing of a coalition. Why have you decided to run solo when the party experience in 2018 was somewhat of a disaster? Well, we have not decided to run solo. That uh, decision has been made for us. As you are aware, we have been uh, asking for Pakatan Harapan for an electoral pact. Uh, Not just for us, you need to understand that 2018 is 2018. And... Ever since then, we have seen a uh, lower support for Pakatan Harapan and increasing support for both Perikatan National and Barisan National. So we wanted to consolidate our resources uh, to beat Perikatan and uh, Barisan. But uh, after stringing us along, uh, they have uh, said no to our request six days before before, uh, campaigning will start. Uh, and I think uh, with uh, the amount of time we were given, we really could not uh, start another round of negotiations with anyone. And of course, we systematically disagree and we reject any cooperation with Parisan and Perikatan. Uh, I think for this election, we will run alone. And then after this election, we will seriously uh, build a coalition of left organizations, parties and progressives. I want to reflect on this breakdown on the electoral pact uh, between PSM and PH. There is a lot of sympathy for PSM after being jilted by Pakatan Harapan at what was the 11th hour, as you point out. However, many argue that the decision was logical. PH would lose more than it gained by admitting PSM under its umbrella, just based on previous election records alone. On on that account, wouldn't it make sense that uh, PH wouldn't be giving PSM a free pass to run? I think a couple of things. One thing, last election, we ran under our logo. This election, we agreed to a Harapan logo. So it depends on the quality of candidates, basically. And we put forth the argument that for Sungai Siput alone, uh, we are putting forth the argument that uh, uh, Dr. Kumar was a better candidate than uh, Kesavan. I can openly say that now, basically. Um, But if they didn't want to give us uh, Sungai Siput, We said we will take other seats that are non-incumbent. So we gave them an option of two parliamentary seats and uh, three uh, don't seats uh, that were BN uh, won in 2018. And uh, with our level of uh, work that we have put in there, organizing the Marhain, we really thought uh, that it will be a different kind of level of support uh, that are given to Harapan 
through our work essentially so it's not a it's not a lose win situation and we gain a lot and they lose a lot at the end of the day under harapan logo if you're going to support harapan harapan will gain but that's the thing lah essentially Arvind, I, I want to question this. PSM emphasizes mm. grassroots mobilization. Your members have in the past spoken against parachuting candidates into constituencies where they don't have a presence. Yet in your negotiation with PH, one of the options offered, as you said, was for Dr. Kumar to contest in any other parliamentary seat, himself becoming a parachute candidate. So why was running on the PH ticket particularly important to the party? I mean, is this a recognition that the PSM logo, its brand cannot stand on its own? I think uh, a correction there. Uh, I said we will run in any seat, essentially, but not Dr. Kumala. We okay. will put up a local activist candidate. All right. Basically, yeah. I see. Understand. And another thing is, if you look at 2018, we can see that uh, although there wasn't much of a split lah, but the the votes did split essentially. And uh, we have to admit that Harapan's logo is much popular. Because of the amount of resources that they have, you can see lah. Uh, their offices are better. Their uh, what do you call that? Uh, their cerama is uh, what do you call that? Better uh, organized and stuff like that, and that is uh, reflecting on the amount of resources that they have. Mm. So we thought uh, this election, uh, never mind lah. You know, we will uh, give up our logo, uh, and we will stand under harapan to consolidate. Uh, against the much stronger barisan and perikatan is what we're trying to say basically. Okay. So we recognize all of those uh, things. All right, but that's an, it's not playing out the way that PSM would have hoped. Um, I'm wondering what then are the lessons that um, PSM is drawing from that GE14 experience and how will you do things differently this time around now that uh, you are likely to be standing on your own? I mean, it is quite notable that um, nobody can deny that Dr. Kumar is widely known and well-regarded in Sungai Siput for the work he has done with marginal communities, but this still wasn't sufficient enough for him to secure votes during GE14. He he didn't even get enough votes to regain his deposit. Um, so I, I guess what 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 lessons do you draw from that experience? Why have um, why has PSM been unable to build that loyal support in Sungai Siput where a good uh, representative was present? To go against uh, someone with a lot of resources is very difficult. You know, like, uh, and we would understand that. Let me give you a simple analogy. To pay rent for a huge office is uh, difficult. You have to agree to that. Uh, to pay for, you know, flags to be posted up everywhere, difficult. Media strategy, difficult. Advertisements, difficult. So we have to uh, admit that we have failed in that regard. Now, PSM has, uh, has a lack of resources that we need to work on. What we have learned from uh, this election is we thought, Pakatan were our friends. Uh, we don't have the reciprocation. We thought Pakatan would recognize uh, the value of the work that we do and the value of our analysis that we gained from uh, grassroots communities. Uh, we don't see that reciprocation. Mm. So I think after this is uh, after this we will need to seriously think of building our party, building our uh, grassroots organizations, and if possible, uh, building a left coalition that uh, will be taken more seriously in the future, basically. Now, PSM is going to field two candidates, S. Tinagaran in the federal parliamentary seat of Rambau in Negeri Sembilan and K.S. Bawani in the Parat state seat of Air Kuning. Why these two seats and why these particular candidates? Uh, I'll talk about the candidates first. You know, uh, Our candidate Rambau, Tina, uh, has been working there for over 10 years 
and uh, he has uh, really organized uh, uh, the uh, the the marhainda basically uh, things like you know ranches uh, penterna uh, what do you call that uh, estate workers housing uh, farming land uh, issues uh, and we think that as a local activist who has uh, um, he deserves to stand up basically same to the same with bawani in ayekuning that is a hometown uh, she has also done a lot of work with uh, farming communities with uh, estate workers communities etc basically mm. so go on sorry were these candidates did they put themselves forth uh, to run in these elections was that how uh, the selection process took place let me tell you about the selection process no candidate <laughs> in psm we have a lot of activists uh, that uh, would rather not be candidates but uh what we did was we had um, an extensive uh, candidate selection process from our members essentially and the central committee and the states uh, state offices and of these we have come up with about 20 names of candidates just for G15 lah and then we will build on this later basically uh but a lot of these uh, have to do with the incumbent seats uh for pakatan and uh, this this i'll get to the second point lah and what we thought in this election was let's not split votes in g14 when we did run on our own banner we got a lot of uh, negative propaganda from pakatan hmm. stating that we are splitting uh, splitting the votes you know causing a lot of uh, strife and all of that we don't want to be involved in that lah so we wish pakatan best of luck if you if you can win all of the seats that you want in g14 enough you can win election already so we will uh of the non incumbent seats that uh, we have candidates in since the six days only left uh we have consolidated the resources around ayekuning and ramba mm. and one of the things that i noted from um psm's uh, press conference last night was the party hasn't burned bridges with ph even after you've been burned by them why is psm still keeping the door open to ph for future collaborations while closing the door on others you've specifically said that uh, you will not consider uh, collaborating with break at the national barisan national i think we have a lot of friends in ph you know so um and our supporters Uh, uh would rather if not us that any uh, anyone who is not barisan and perikatan so they do prefer harapan this also we can admit hmm. so it's not that we are burning the bridge lah we are recognizing that our supporters are actually uh, in support of harapan and we don't want to uh what do you call that like let them down basically for this election for the next election uh, elections to come i think we will see uh, what the uh, options are on the table but it looks like uh, harapan uh, does not appreciate us so even if we keep that bridge uh, open i don't think anyone will be crossing it anytime soon lah basically i'm speaking to arvin katir chelvan youth chief of pumuda socialist on the breakfast grill when we come back will the next generation usher in a socialist agenda stay tuned bfm 89.9 you are listening to the bfm breakfast grill Brought to you by U Mobile. Thanks for staying tuned to the Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mokhtar, and on the show with me today is Arvin Katir Chelvan, Youth Chief of Pemuda Socialists. Arvin, I'd like to maybe get your thoughts, uh, coming as um, from the younger generation of PSM. What do you think 
are the main misconceptions that Malaysians have about PSM that are actually preventing the party from getting more support. There's no denying that PSM is instrumental in um, creating uh, movements, in mobilizing um, social justice movements. But uh, why then are Malaysians still not willing to uh, vote PSM when it comes to parliamentary elections? I think it all has to do with uh, politics is being seen as a football game, basically. You go with one team, you don't go with another team, basically. So right now, like, uh, well, now there are three teams, basically. Uh, BN, Perikatan, they, they are seen as one team. And uh, Pakatan is seen as the other team. Anyone who tries to make headway uh, other than these uh, two sides uh, are going to be seen as pengacau or like, you know, disturbers, essentially. Um, but we are bringing forth a politics that is saying that we need to be with the Marhain. We need to understand the uh, the grassroots struggles and uh, and then only we will understand what are the policies that are needed to be brought up. So right now, we are breaking through that barrier of uh, popularity politics and trying to make uh, uh, politics of the grassroots uh, more um, relevant. Mm. As I said before, due to resources, uh, that is a, a challenge for us, basically. Mm. Uh, that is the main challenge that we find amongst uh, everyone, not just the youth, actually. Uh, so hopefully in the times to come, we can uh, build that kind of uh, class struggle analysis. PSM is against ethno-nationalism and ethnocentric parties. Um, in fact, I think uh, for this election, uh, you're actually coming up with a pledge that you will not be using any racial rhetoric in your campaigning. At the same time, though, it's acknowledged that a majority of PSM membership does comprise the Indian community. Do you think this is a perception that hinders PSM's mass appeal? I don't think it does, actually. We, we've been getting a, a lesser and lesser of that because we have increased our uh, our non-Indian uh, members, essentially. Uh, so uh, it, uh, uh, as time goes on, we see uh, more and more uh, support from both the Malay and Chinese community. Uh, Malay, a bit more than Chinese. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are reaching parity, basically. Uh I think our messaging uh, that has attracted people to PSM, such that disparity is uh, being achieved, uh, is uh, slowly being taken up. You no, know, the, uh, the 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 fact that we fight for you know, food security, uh, environmentalism, uh, and uh, what do you call that, the housing for everyone, etc. Mm. I think people are starting to realize that basically, and we're getting lesser and lesser of that perception basically. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic has especially highlighted the inequalities in our society between the haves and have-nots. Have you seen this awareness translate into higher membership for PSM and Bermuda Socialists? Could you maybe give a breakdown of how big is the youth wing and um, the party as a whole? Well, uh, in 2020 alone, uh, for Bermuda Socialists alone, uh, our membership has increased by 80%. 80%? What was the baseline? 80%. Can't tell you that, basically. <laughs> Uh, but I can tell you percentages. Lah. Now, uh, 25% of the party are under 30 years old. Pemuda mm-hmm. Socialists is under 30. So we have reached a quarter, which I think uh, is, is a huge achievement. What? Uh, yeah, Sorry, on, please sorry. continue. No, no, go ahead. Please. I was going to ask, okay, so 25% of um, uh, of the youth wing is... is tw- the youth wing is 25% of the bigger party. What are yeah. some of the key reasons that um, you see youth like yourself sign up for PSM over other more prominent political parties that um, can affect policy changes? A couple of things. Lah. One thing, we actually walk the talk. You know, when we promise something or when we compete in a, uh, sorry, contest uh, in elections, in that area, we don't, 
uh, go away basically so we've talked about dr kumar 1977 until now he has uh, never closed the uh, the um, the service center not only him you know we have a huge uh, number of uh, of uh, people that are in sungai sipot we've never closed the service center working on cases every day and not just there we have uh, done the same for in, in every place that we have uh, contested uh, and we have service centers in so you know we take up the cases and we fight for the people we organize protests we organize uh, the marhain people see that and are uh, attracted to it as well of course not as many but then like uh, people who come to us uh, what do you call that uh, put that as a priority the second thing is we are bold enough to take uh stances that are uh, may not be popular uh as uh, the uh, we are the only political party for example that have uh, openly uh, advocated for uh, rights for the lgbtq community you know i challenge any other progressive party out there to say the same in such an open platform but we have done so and uh, you know we have we take up their cases as well and we truly help them essentially Arvin, so, oh, I, mm, I definitely oh. give credit to Pemuda Socialists for uh, coming up with that statement, um, and it's part of the reason why PSM is known as the most principled party. You speak out on behalf of oppressed and marginalized groups when others' parties stay silent. But how would you respond to those who say that sure, PSM can afford to do this because you don't have any political goodwill to lose. You don't have a voter base to worry about uh, on issues that are sensitive or divisive in the country. Um, perhaps the fact that you are a peripheral party is what gives you the freedom. to take on these hot potato issues let me uh okay so we want more members right and we want more votes what would be easier for us to like get those basically of course if we championed on race based issues you know join barisan join parikatan we can get way more votes we can get way more seats you may get way more members but no certain issues we have to fight you know like um uh oppressed communities must be protected we have uh, we owe not only lgbtq but also migrants uh, we are fighting for as well mm. and these are very unpopular issues so we don't want to be forever a small party you see we want to grow as well but we, just because we want you no know, success doesn't mean we can give up all of these things basically so i think that logic is a bit flawed la Okay, so you believe that because of your principles, that is what is going to attract more people to join your party. Over time, though, it's not something that's going to be a quick fix. You're really going to have to work on changing mindsets of the people um, moving forward. Um, another question that I have, as you as you mentioned, PSM is a staunch defender of the Marhain or ordinary people. Um, but at the same time, I'm wondering if being the voice of the Marhain is easier to do from the opposition. Because once you're in government, as Pakatan Harapan found out very quickly, it becomes a lot harder to please your original base without alienating other stakeholders. Do you think that PSM at this stage is most effective as a backbencher, providing a check and balance, rather than the actual policymaker required to make compromises? Let me tell you this: um, we have been effective even outside of parliament. You know, like we have been fighting for land that we've gotten, we've been fighting for housing that we've got at hundreds. and and hundreds of acres as well just in these five years is what i'm saying basically we uh, what do you call established unions we have uh, fought for the marhan we have been effective we are an effective party as a backbencher as a pain opposition as government we will be just as if not more effective so it doesn't matter where we are essentially hmm. so uh, and as i said before it's not just because we are unpopular right now right doesn't mean we can take the shortcuts to you know like uh, get into parliament or get into 
uh, uh, what do you call the government? You know, we don't want to be barisan with a red face. Is mm. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, understand. But at the same time, um, Arvin, what would you respond? How would you respond to those who feel that um, PSM's economic stances or economic positions are don't put Malaysia in the best uh, competitive light? I, I mean, you have taken the stance of Malaysia not uh, being part of free trade agreements. You've taken the stance of Malaysia not broadening its tax base through GST. Um, mm-hmm. And all these are, are crucial issues in the economy right now, given the uh, rising inflation, given the weak ringgit. Um, how would you then appeal to those who don't believe in um, PSM's economic um, prescriptions? Well, here's the thing, though. Our economics is not... It's not so strong now. You know, we are vulnerable. You know, we are vulnerable to a lot of things. And as you said, you know, pre-trade agreements, right? And recently, we were protesting against the CPTPP uh, that will uh, cause us to uh, automatically accept UPOF, which means farmers cannot trade seeds. They are now dependent on buying seeds from, uh, from uh, suppliers. So that is weakening our food security, you know? So like, what do we fight for? We fight for food security, we fight for environmentalism, we fight for uh, housing for everyone, we fight for a jobs guarantee. Those are very important things for us. We have to strengthen our base now and not just depend on, uh, what do you call that, um, others outside of Malaysia, mm. the big businesses and big uh, uh, countries, to hopefully give us a little bit more uh, what do you call that, of the scraps from their table, basically. Mm-hmm. We have to strengthen our economy internally. So how would you respond to those who feel that PSM is too idealistic, uh, who's unable to compromise perhaps in when it comes to real-life policy decisions? Do you, do you think that's an accurate perception? I don't think so. If we were idealistic, we would say, you know, uh, abolish everything, uh, make uh, Malaysia a, uh, what do you call that, a one-party state, you know, like, you know, close off all of the ports and focus on, no, we're not saying that. What we're saying is we have to fight for a better deal. You know, we have to fight for uh, uh, policies that will enable us to increase minimum wage, policies that will secure our food security, policies that will enable us to uh, be treated more fairly in the uh, in, in in trade, in international trade, if we are talking about that, basically. So that's what we're fighting for. We have made these compromises already. If we want, if we make more compromises, then there is no difference between us and Barisan and Perikata and the capitalists out there. All right, Arvin, let's end on this question with the 30 seconds that we have left. Just like a marriage, nobody goes into an election wanting to fail, but precedent isn't really in PSM's favour. How are you going to measure success in these elections? What are your targets? We are, of course, fielding candidates to win. That is something that we uh, we made clear. We know it's hard. It's just going to be very difficult. So uh, if we manage to educate people uh, of our presence and our politics, I think that is a major success for us. What is more important is after these elections for the next five years, we need to do the work. That is what is more important for us. Arvind, thanks very much for speaking with me today. I've been speaking to Arvind Katir Chelvan, Youth Chief of Bermuda Socialists. This has been The Breakfast Grill on BFM 89.9. The Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile, where unlimited potential begins. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.